0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
1: now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally.
1: The midday grind. Featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious?
0: Martin Kilcoin.
1: I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted.
0: And Charlie Marlowe.
1: Our top story tonight
0: John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012.
1: It's the midday grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Eighty-eight. I'm oh, guess. I, was just I know. Look. I already knew what was happening. You could tell. I was Chuck rolls into the in. phone.
0: How about that? Eighty-seven. Way off. Eighty-seven degrees. Mostly sunny. Beautiful day. Not too hot. It's pleasant. The Stanley Cup's going to Bush. The Cardinals had a good first couple innings last night.
1: <laughs> we need Joe Strasser. Must be nice to have a trophy around this building every once in a yeah. while. You know there's some kind of thought like that or there'll be, God, there's a lot of snarky tweeters out there, some of who we know. I'll bet there'll be a joke or two tonight that says, oh, it's nice to see a championship trophy in this building. And this is the heralded franchise. And I said last night at 5 o'clock, this is really weird. I said, the script has flipped. We're at Bush Stadium and our top story is about the Blues. It's a Blues world right now. Craig Berube getting a deal. Is all anybody cared about yesterday? Oh, by the way, Jordan Hicks is out for the season. Steven Piscotti is back. All of this stuff's going on. And of course, the thirst for Blues info is number one right now.
0: And maybe I look and focus too much on Twitter, because I'm always on Twitter. And, And Twitter wasn't around, obviously, 10, 15 years ago. Or the last time, let's say, the Cardinals were... It's not even fair to say bad, because they're not bad. They're just fairly mediocre right now. But I feel like Cardinals fans are as mad as I can remember, especially on social media. And I know that's that's not the best barometer because it's kind of the, the vocal minority and people that like to be negative. But I just feel like people, and, and rightfully so, think this team is boring. They think that they're not going for it. And it's year four of, of doing that. I think people are genuinely ticked off about that.
1: And being at the game last night, There were a lot of seats that were empty. I'm sure there were a lot of tickets that were sold. In fact, I saw Solly on the jumbotron. How about that? Solly's wheelhouse, and it looked like he was passing some beers and hot dogs or something. I'm like, whoa, Solly on the jumbotron, hanging out, taking in the game. But there were tons of empty seats. People just kind of, and there may be a lot of people when you see those empty seats. It's two things: they didn't go, they stayed home, or they're there but they're entertaining themselves by walking around, doing other things, which you don't blame them when the team isn't real exciting. And I think that that's all, it's a fair critique right now, but we keep saying, well, this is oh, this is make or break. You can't, this is make or break. I think the majority of the people that go to the games are not the ones who are ticked off or who think the, the DeWitts are cheaping out or they think that they don't care about winning. The majority of those people don't go to the games already. They're at home. They're watching the game, and they're tweeting about the game while watching the game, and that I just don't think you're going to see a huge drop-off. Let's say they missed the playoffs this year. I don't think that's an outrageous thought that they might. Right. It's it's possible. We will all say, oh, my God, and they'll say, yeah, we've got a real urgency now because we missed it again, but if you look over the last 10 years, we've made it six times, whatever. I don't think you're going to see that huge drop-off next year either. I think they have such a loyal fan base. I don't want to say winning doesn't matter, but I don't think it's the huge impact we think it would be.
0: I also think when you say winning, though, it's relative. Because, look, for all that we criticize the Cardinals teams the last three and a half years, they haven't been below five hundred. They have been, in theory, winning teams, not playoff teams. So they have been good enough where people aren't like, oh, man, this is a 70-win team. I'm not going. And look, in St. Louis, Missouri, going to a Cardinals game will still probably be the number one social thing to do, right? And that's great. You should take your family and have fun at the ballpark. But, man, I would think that it, it, if I'm a Cardinal fan and I do spend my hard-earned money going to games, and let's be fair, from 11 to 15, they had a great run, and the Cardinals built up a ton of equity. But I think it's also fair to say that they've lost most of that. I mean, that those, those championships and World Series, they don't go away, but it's also a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately culture. And in the last three and a half years, I think, Cardinals fans are saying, you haven't done enough. We're coming out. We're coming out $3 million strong every year to allow you to to spend money and be competitive. And if the Cardinals don't do something bold this year at the trade deadline, I think fans justifiably will be very ticked off. Now, I don't know if that means they're not going to come to the park next year, but I feel like if you're not going to do something bold this season, when are you going
1: to do it? I think the real concern is that two years ago, when they seemed to be sort of standing pat, we all knew that they knew down the road the arms are coming. Boy, wait till Reyes gets here. Boy, wait till Flaherty's ready. Wait till Hudson's here. All these great arms, all collectively, and we said, God, that's really dangerous to just sit around and say, wait till 2019. They didn't say that, but that was sort of the theories that they knew they had all this talent coming down the line. Just hang in there. Okay, 16 and 17 weren't great. 18, okay. Wait, it's coming. I think really was a belief for some people in that in that front office. And now it's here and you're underwhelmed and you're sitting at 40 and 38. Again, the Cubs lost, the Brewers lost. The division is still right there for the taking, but you don't have any sense that this team's going to take off. And again, I don't think it's overly negative. I think it's becoming, there's people on, I understand social media, apathy. That outraged, I think a little indifferent. I don't think people at the game last night were mad at the team. I think people were frustrated with Jack Flaherty, but for the most part, you say, "Oh well, let's walk around, let's get a beer, let's get Dippin' Dots," and I think that's what it's become. Those are good. It's <laughs> it's become a social outing. But question that I posed to Frank: Do you think now, for Mike Schilt, about a year in, that the honeymoon is over, and you're hearing more and more critique, which comes with the job? Larusa got just skewered for years. Matheny got skewered towards the end. And I think Mike Schilt now is starting to get picked apart, and it almost always starts with how you handle a pitcher and when you leave them out there too long or who you go to in the bullpen. You can dispute a lineup and say, it's time to take this guy out of the lineup or move him down. Nothing gets people chiming in more than the pitching maneuvering. And with Flaherty last night, I said, take him out. I'd take him out. I'd still take him out. I never managed in the big leagues. Home run. I, I home my, run. I said my rule is, I have a rule now. If you give up three home runs, I'm taking you out. I'm going to tell all my pitchers. you give up three home runs, I'm taking you out. Because it tells me they're either on to you or you can't keep it in the park. When you give up three home runs and four plus innings, I'm not trusting you anymore. That inning last night, that six-run inning, Flaherty went double, homer, homer, got an out, single, eh, I've seen another single, eh. Let me know when you're ready to take him out. They waited too long. I don't think they were trying to get him to win because he was losing at that point, to 4-3. It just seemed like the old days when you would just leave a guy too long and then bring in John Bradby. I'm sorry, I don't think he's going to get people out right now. It's not working. Maybe he needs a break. He was great early. He was outstanding. But don't we all see the same things? Don't we see Flaherty who just, doesn't look good. Get them out. We see Brevia right now not getting people out. And you're watching that, and we say, oh, six six-run inning. Okay, it's 7-3. This offense probably not not being overly negative, just kind of indifferent. Started walking around and just enjoying the carnival that is the ballpark. And that's where
0: the A's yesterday, Chris Bassett, who threw, I think, 400 pitches in the first three innings. And, and really, you talk about walking around the ballpark. That game, the first three, four innings, was a glacial yeah if, if Rob Manfred is watching that game talking about pace of play and that's not just looking at the scoreboard that game was boring from a pace standpoint, but bassett you know they got him early now granted his pitch count got up, but there he's not doing great and they get him what in the in the fourth inning. I just think that last year and
1: they double switched him out and yeah. the guy they double switched with hit one of the homers and they
0: also got aggressive pinch hitting with chris Davis and he comes in. I just think that last year. What Mike Schultz did really well right when he took over is he, he seemed to, more times than not, have the right touch with when to aggressively get his starting pitcher before that guy allows the two-run double or the three-run homer. And I think that, at the end of the of the Matheny era, you saw that a lot where, especially with Luke Weaver, off the top of my head, I remember a couple times where I feel like Luke Weaver was always allowed to stay in for that last just kill shot, right? The two run double, the three run take homer. i
1: probably take my. Right. Oh, I, I think I'd take my. Oh, oh, you got to take my. Oh, oh,
0: yes. Three run homer, game over. I just wonder this year because we can fairly critique the team and Mike Schilt and assess blame. I'm just looking at the starting rotation. Everybody besides Hudson right now is average. And when you talk about the Cardinals' overall pitching depth being decimated by injuries, that's 100% fair, especially recently here with the weekend of, of Reyes and Hicks. But think about it. In my opinion, the biggest reason the Cardinals aren't, let's say, seven games over five hundred, is the guys you thought would be their top two starters, Michaelis, who you just paid, and Flaherty, who's the ace of the future, those guys are average. And I went and looked up last night. I think when those two guys pitched, the Cardinals are a couple games under five hundred overall. Dakota Hudson, I believe, when he pitches, the Cardinals are 11-5. and Other than that, I mean, when you have Flaherty and Michaelis out there you would think you can win 2 out of 3 of those games, right? You're below 500 when you're when you're in theory top 2 guys are out there. That's the biggest reason this rotation is not very good. The guys at the top are not performing.
1: Text in at 855-282-8255. Uh, Chucky no text will read those at some point during the show. 855-282-8255 topic What excites you about the Cardinals? And I know that'll lead to some snarky replies, but I'm hoping for a few serious ones mixed in, too. And it could be, hey, listen, I think Carlos is going to be a stud as a closer. Okay. Hey, I think Goldschmidt's going to go on a tear. His resume says six straight All-Star games. This guy's going to start hitting, and that's going to change the whole lineup. Okay. Those are examples, Charlie. Those would be examples Mm -hmm. of what people And they're fair examples. At 855-282-8255. Uh, a couple other things. News and notes from the ballpark yesterday. Good to see Steven Piscotti. And from a media, the media is annoying. We're part of the problem. 100%. 100%. So Mike Schilt is talking. And at that at this point, word travels. Hey, Piscotti's talking. Well, you have to get Schilt. They just lost their closer, correct? So there's a number of topics. you got to get the manager. Some days you can skip it. Who cares? But yesterday wasn't one of those days. So Mo Drummond, the mayor, and I run over to the Oakland dugout, and the cat, Jim Hayes, is conducting a one-on-one with Stephen Piscotty. That was prearranged and everything. Makes sense. He knows him. It's going to be on the Cardinal pregame show. It makes total sense. So we're sort of standing there, and the Oakland PR people said, are you you waiting for him? We're like, yeah. And they, No, he already talked. And I said, oh, I know. I said, we were over at the – they said, yeah, well, he talked at 4. And I just said – I, I bet he's got one answer in him. I bet I bet he wouldn't mind. And they said, well, he already did. I said, how about we get just one nice, thoughtful answer from him, and we'll leave it alone? And they said, well, we'll see. And I'm like, you know Piscotti. He'll do it. You know he's – and not only that, I think happy to do it. Yes. But I think it was an example where the media is annoying, the media is pushy, but how many people, whether it was watching Channel 4 or Channel 2 yesterday – over the course of a 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock show, online, whatever. Maybe 100,000 people saw it. Maybe more. If you start doing all the different ratings. All the, that really liked the guy and got to hear him. I think it would, my point is, even though we were technically in the wrong, I think it's a disservice even to him to not get that message out there. He's like, it's so great to be here. I love these fans. I mean, it's his message, it's not mine. And I'm just glad that they – and so I, we went up to him, annoying media – and he's like, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, We're not buddies, but he's always friendly, knows who we are. And I said, we only get one question. I said, so please make it a really good answer. And he gave us like a 30-second answer. No,
0: actually, because I did anchor the shows last night, 9, 10, 11 on Fox 2. We used that answer. It was very good.
1: You had an opportunity to do those shows. An opportunity,
0: exposure. At both 9 and 11, it was a nice – we always joke about this, and, and maybe people don't care about this, but it was a perfect – succinct but also comprehensive enough 20 seconds you know it was, was twenty. it was, it was okay. a perfect complete thought that's all you want whether it's 17 seconds 24 seconds it was just a beautiful sound
1: bite. he nailed it nailed of course it. he did and so even though i'm sure they thought we were annoying we we're pushy eh 20 seconds have you ever seen guys before a game they got a lot of downtime, mm-hmm. a lot of sitting around, like playing anyway, video games, kudos to Biscotti kudos. And I went over to them and said, Hey, thanks for making that happen. Now the terrible media guy that I am standing there with Mo Drummond, the great Ben Boyd from Cam Wex comes over. Now he doesn't know that we've been told. <gasps> so I'm in my head at that first answer ends. I'm kind of looking at Ben like your turn go." <laughs> And he didn't say anything, oh. and I was like, that would have been perfect. And I would have been like, hey, uh, I didn't ask that follow-up. It would have been the other guy. Alibi Ike is what they call it. I love Lying it. Somebody else.
0: Text line 855-282-8255. A lot of text coming in. Whoever is judging talent for the Cardinals isn't doing a very good job. It's pretty simple because they're just not that talented. 314, I would like to see Edmund put on a third baseman's glove and see what he can do. Three one four, I'm super optimistic that the Cardinals will get hot after the All Star break like they typically do. And that was serious. That wasn't sarcastic.
1: Right, and they did last year when Schultz took over the rest of the way. I think they were thirteen over, got themselves at least back into the mix.
0: Dan G says excited to see Mo fired. No more scapegoats. Three one four, there was no one warming up in the bullpen after the second homer was not even throwing till the double. Splashback says this team is frustrating. There is a serious lack of fundamentals in all facets of the game. And NoCo and Soko says, not angry anymore, just apathetic. I think that's actually worse.
1: And the Tommy Edmund, it is worse. You want people angry. That's better. Tommy Edmund idea is not the worst idea. And what I would argue or propose to a guy like a Schilt, eh, mix it up a little bit. Team's kind of flat. Is that fair? And I know they're... Nine and six. They beat the Marlins a bunch. They're right? nine and six and the over Mets, the last two weeks. Mets are having
0: no issues at all internally <laughs> with the media or the manager. Their their pitching coach, I think, ninety-seven years old. It's all good. The Mets are a, a juggernaut.
1: The Mets appear to be a, a solid squad. Yeah, you, you beat them up. You take on the Marlins. So you're nine and six over the last two weeks. It's not doom and gloom. You were with Mike Schilt Monday at the golf tournament, holding him accountable. And uh, which, by the way, he has to be. The least recognized person out of uniform because without glasses and without the hat, I would not have recognized him at all. But he said to you the other day, just on Monday, Hey, we're playing like a 670 clip or whatever, and they have over the last two weeks, so it shouldn't be doom and gloom, but they're kind of flat. What I would propose, just mix it up a little bit, whether it's an Edmund playing a couple nights in a row or maybe Carpenter not leading off. I realize when nobody's hitting, you don't have a lot of options. I might throw Wong lead off a couple times just to try it. I just You don't want to be the panic manager who just changes to change. I think this team right now, do something. And Mo used to do that on Fridays. They'd demote somebody. They'd call up a young arm. It'd be Mo's Friday maneuver to kind of just shake it up. Fire and give a base us, coach. G- give us something to talk about. Wouldn't <laughs> That's you, why he did it, actually. Wouldn't you? He was
0: providing us content.
1: <laughs> well, it's been a little quiet on the midday grind. Wouldn't you? Just mix it up a little bit, like even lineup wise, hundred percent. Why not? I think guys might even say, "Yeah, this is kind of a different look." Just ends this sort of like doldrums. And we always joke about
0: that. At some point, offensively, you could literally throw all the names in the hat and then just pull them out for the lineup, and and nobody would ever do that. But didn't somebody do that back in the day, like Bobby years Valentine? Ago? Right.
1: Literally, literally threw them out baseball. of a hat.
0: Who cares? I am not necessarily this a... is
1: baseball. Who cares? Right.
0: Welcome to baseball. <laughs> it's sports. I am not advocating for that, but for example. When you say shake things up, I think that also kind of lessens sometimes what you're actually doing, which is just giving these guys mental rest. And I mean, off the top of my head, a couple times in Matt Carpenter's career, we have heard this dude, he grinds, he works so hard, he takes so many swings in the cage and dry hacks and all that. I mean, I remember one of the years that they basically just said, we're going to sit you for a couple days, just take that mental rest, come back. That works for a lot of hitters. And I understand that guys don't want to sit. But sometimes that is what's best for you, is to honestly get away from it, stop stressing out, change things up. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt earlier in the year said, I know this is going to sound nuts, he goes, but sometimes you just have to do stupid stuff like change your batting gloves. He says it's literally, it's almost like a mental reset. You know what I'm saying? And right now, when the team is not hitting, why not try Tommy Emden for for a couple games, right? See what he has. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Paul DeYoung or Matt Carpenter, but for a couple days, give him a shot.
1: Bat Molina second. Just do something, you know. I think at this point, it's not a panic. It's just a kind of, hey, guys, let's have a little fun around here. It hasn't been a whole lot of fun. Four and four on the homestand, not a disaster. A whole lot of Marlins and Mets mixed in. But I think if I'm Schilt, that's what I would do. All right, you mentioned the Mets, and this was something yesterday. We didn't have time, Charlie, even though it was just me talking into microphone for an hour. Somehow, I was listening. Somehow we had a lot to get to. But the phrase that Mickey Calloway, the Mets manager said during his quote apology which he later apologized that he forgot to apologize for. I love that. When talking about the media, he said, Hey, you guys have got a job to do. And I said, that is like the most trite phrase. Basically We yeah, hate you. We we hate all of you, but we know you've got a job to I don't think there's anything less heartfelt than, hey, you've got a job to do. It's not hey, you guys do a great job covering our team. You guys do a great job giving the fans information about our squad. Go get them. You've got a job to do. So I was thinking yesterday, and this would be a fun text topic, phrases you can't stand that are just trite. I know we'll get a few end of the days mixed in there. It is what it is. is what It is what it is. is near the top of the list. And then there's just dumb ones. The cat's got your tongue. You're like, what does it even mean? Like, does a cat ever, is a cat once seen grabbing your, you got a ju- spilt milk. There's a lot of like historical ones that are just kind of dumb. Phrases that need to go away. And again, we'll get some mo moisms in here, I'm sure. Eight five five two eight two eighty two fifty-five. I think it is what it is, is near the top of the list. That's when you have nothing to say. It's almost like saying nothing. We'll At the see end what of happens. your sentence, right. We'll see At the what end happens. of your sentence,
0: when you don't know how to succinctly close your sentence, you just say it is what it is. In terms of Mickey Calloway, I do think it's great. He might as well just say, You guys are a necessary evil. Or better yet, listen, guys, it's collectively bargained that the clubhouse is open and I have to speak with you. Like, that's basically what he's saying. Like, right. I don't want to talk with you, but we have to because it was collectively bargained with the uh, the league.
1: Hey, listen, you guys have got a job to do. Hey, you're human beings. Hey, you are uh, you have oxygen just like I do. <laughs> you're terrible people. I don't respect you. It's a better story because forget how he treats the media. Who cares, right, for the most part? You don't want to be mistreated. You shouldn't have threats. Vargas, who is a weird-looking guy, right, just has an interesting look. It looks like a character in a certain movie. He's also always really good or really bad.
0: <laughs> like, he's either sub-2 ERA or his ERA is 7.5. So
1: there's said, no in-between. I will knock you the blank out. Shouldn't be saying that to reporters. But on the whole, nobody cares about the media. The better story is that the GM, Van Hugan is calling – for calling from home, I love this, and dictating when a pitcher should come out of a game. If you're the manager, and I don't care if you're Mickey Callaway and you don't have a resume as a big league manager, you cannot you cannot follow that order. Correct? Would you as the man? Would you? Fo- I know he's your boss. I think I would say, you know, why I got fired, and here's why, and then that guy's getting fired for calling something like that, as stupid as that is. Why There's-
0: isn't he at the game? By the way, <laughs> correct? I'm just wondering.
1: He's like, oh, my kid had Little League. I thought I'd stay. <laughs> Isn't that the, kind of just, important? The GM is at home watching and telling the the manager when to take somebody out. And then DeGrom was pissed about it, right? Didn't want to come out of the game. If I'm Callaway in the monitor, he said, not my call. I just got a text from Bragging, uh, Wagon, 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 or whatever his name is. And, and he says, you got to come out. What? They should have pulled a phone out on the dugout and, and like, Skyped with the GM. Insane. I do think sometimes... Like, if your manager's not
0: very smart or being negligent with a with a pitcher out there who maybe he's struggling, and, and maybe he'll also hurt himself. Maybe somebody else sees something mechanically. I can understand that there. The whole Mets situation, though, this year, it's crazy. Like, I can't imagine being Mickey Calloway because I feel like for almost two months now, every every weekend there's like a press conference, like, he's going to still be our manager. <laughs> like, for two months... He probably goes to the park every day and wonders if he's going to get fired. It's really weird, right? I mean, this has lingered in his first season a long time, but that he might get fired, yeah, and they just, like, don't fire him?
1: Like a nine-day road trip. Should I? Uh, should I pack should just I, for a sh- day or two? Yeah, should I bring all my stuff? Should I pack some stuff? Uh, text in at 855 uh, 282 Later tonight, the Stanley Cup is going to be down at Push Stadium. The Blues will be honored. Early start in that game with the A's closing out. The two game series also on the docket tonight, Charlie, I'm going to be at the Sheldon concert hall. Mm -hmm. Bill DeWitt, Cardinal owner is going to be Cardinal team president. I should say is going to be there with me. It's a fun event. We've been talking a lot about it. St. Louis sound competition and what it is. I think we have a final group of 10 whittled down from 70. They're singers, songwriter, performers doing their original music, competing for a chance to make it to Nashville at a recording studio Second annual event, it's at the Sheldon Concert Hall. Doors open at 6.30. Starts at about 7.30, and it's a fundraiser for Heal, which is an area group that brings music to the inner city. So it's a fundraiser, but it's also the Sheldon Concert Hall. Cool venue, all sorts of music. We'll have the critics there, and at the end of the night, we'll announce a winner. It really is a neat event. So if you're looking for something to do tonight, come on down and join us at the Sheldon last year. Bill DeWitt handed out everybody some vouchers to go to Cardinal games. So basically you walk in, you automatically get some free tickets to go to a game. Really a lot of fun. Hopefully folks will join us there tonight. We'll come back. It's the coveted Hour, the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.